0: Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of Crime Couch. I'm your host Kaylee, and I want to start off by apologizing for such a late episode. We finally just got moved into our brand new apartment, so moving stuff around and organizing has been super crazy, but now everything is finally getting settled down. Today we're going to be talking about the murder of Maddie Middleton, which happened back in July of 2015 in Santa Cruz, California. I would like to thank Naomi from Twitter for sharing this story with me. I had no idea that this had happened. And it definitely deserves more attention. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. On a, on a large one. Eight-year-old Madison, or Maddie Middleton, disappeared from her Santa Cruz apartment complex on Sunday, July 26th at around 4.26 p.m. in the afternoon while she was riding her Razor scooter around the neighborhood. This is something a lot of the kids did around the complex, as there was a lot of space to just go outside and play. But just like that, as her mom came back outside to look for her, she was gone, almost as if she had vanished into thin air. The police were notified immediately and they released a missing persons report and made a post on Facebook that said Madison Middleton, age 8, female, white, 4 feet tall and 48 pounds, was last seen around 10:30 River Street on July 26 of 2015 at the Tannery Art Center. The Tannery Art Center is a nonprofit public facility with around 100 affordable lofts and there are around 250 residents, 50 of whom are children. Those kids are often seen playing in the center's common areas, and Maddie was last seen at her apartment complex on her white razor scooter wearing a purple knee-high dress with black leggings, a helmet, and long dark hair pulled to the side in a braid. According to local surveillance cameras, she was spotted near some mailboxes outside of a parking garage on the ground floor. The Santa Cruz Police Department flooded this area with police officers and detectives after receiving the call that Madison was missing. The police department then began an extensive and exhaustive search of the area where she was last seen, including the surrounding woodland areas, open spaces, and the San Lorenzo River in an effort to locate her. On July 27th and the next morning, at around 11 a.m., the Santa Cruz police officially announced Maddie's disappearance as a missing persons case, and the FBI agents were eventually called in to help and assist with the search. This is due to the fact that there are very scary statistics when it comes to child kidnapping cases, and it becomes an immediate danger for everybody involved. A 2006 FBI study revealed that about 76% of children who were abducted and murdered are actually dead within the first three hours of the abduction. Later, about 50 FBI agents searched door-to-door at the Tannery apartment complex. The Sheriff's Office search and rescue team was called to assist with the search and requested a specially trained search and rescue canine unit from the State Office of Emergency Services to support their efforts. Santa Cruz Police Department staff and allied agencies worked through late Sunday night into Monday morning, and detectives followed up on all leads and continued to search for Madison in hopes of finding her safe and returning her home. Santa Cruz detectives searched around in the neighbor's trash cans and asked residents to even open their vehicles in apartment parking garages. At around 7.55pm, the Santa Cruz police detectives finally find Maddie dead in a recycling bin in the parking garage. It looked as if the killer had done everything in his power to try and hide and disguise her body from anyone who would happen to find it. Immediately after locating the body, an arrest had been made to a 15-year-old who lived at the Tannery apartment complex on suspicion of a homicide. AJ, or Adrian Gonzalez, was the 15-year-old who lived down the hall with his family in the same apartment complex as Maddie and her family. On July 28th at 11am, police chief Kevin Vogel, who is the one that identified the body found in the dumpster as Maddie Middleton, describes what he think happened that night. He says that she was lured to the apartment of the 15-year-old, who allegedly then tortured, sexually assaulted, and strangled her to death and brought her body back down to the bin where he hid and concealed her. On August 13th of 2015, about a month after the murder, the coroner finally released his findings from the autopsy done on Maddie Middleton's body. Her official cause of death was positional asphyxiation or strangulation, along with discovering the stab wounds, and police say the teen lured Madison into his family apartment by promising her some ice cream. Positional asphyxiation was something we also talked about in the Kendrick Johnson case, so I found that really interesting that that was her official cause of death. Once inside, he tied her up and then sexually assaulted and killed her, according to a charging document. Adrian Gonzalez was actually arrested fairly close to the crime scene itself, because according to police statements, he was standing uncomfortably close to the crime scene, and according to the article I was reading, there were many witnesses that actually stated that during the search for Middleton, Gonzalez spun a yo-yo and asked searchers if there was any updates on the missing girl. And Robert Solanja from the San Jose Mercury even stated that Gonzalez was asking these questions obsessively. When his social media was investigated, on his now-deleted Instagram page, Gonzalez went by the handles "awkward Adrian" and "awkward yo-yoer." The Santa Cruz Centennial reports that on the day that Middleton was killed, Gonzalez posted a pic on his page of fingers playing the piano and above the caption, The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had, a lyric from the song Mad World. Adrian Gonzalez was then arrested on that Monday at around 8am. Chief Vogel continued on to say that there was a significant amount of evidence that led the police to believe that Gonzalez was the only suspect within this case even that some of the evidence included Maddie's belongings, which were found inside his residence, along with other witness statements and video surveillance. Unfortunately, there was no clear motive as to why this even happened in the first place. However, as I kept digging, I started to uncover new information that hadn't been spread around until Gonzalez's initial court hearing. According to a few sources, he had a really rough childhood and as we know, that can contribute to how someone develops as they get older. Although nothing that he has gone through will ever justify his actions, it is interesting to take a look into his past. Adrian Gonzalez was born at Sutter Maternity and Surgical Center in Santa Cruz, California, according to his birth certificate obtained by the Centennial. Court documents in his murder case list AJ's middle name as Jerry. In June of 2001, when AJ was not even two years old, Abraham Gonzalez, which is AJ's biological father, was arrested on suspicion of felony assault with a deadly weapon and a misdemeanor battery in a relationship. When Gonzalez was just six years old, he and his mother, Reggie Factor, were staying at the Rebel family shelter after moving away from Factor's third husband, Joel Jimenez, when Jimenez found both of them and kidnapped them. He then took them into an abandoned house, put a gun to Factor's head, and threatened to kill her, holding them both captive for days. For many years during his childhood, his mother worked at a healthcare center in Live Oak, and they also lived there with others until the county authorities caught on and made them move out. This is when Factor and AJ had to resort to other options and started using food stamps. Around 2008, Factor was happy to get a job at a Dollar Tree store on East Cliff Drive near 14th Avenue in Live Oak, where the store sells discounted food, toys, party supplies, and other items, and she worked as a cashier, stocking shelves, handled deliveries, and even cleaned restrooms. This new job and new outlook on life didn't even last long when her boss started making sexual advances, grabbing her and coercing her into sexual activity, with promises of preferential treatment according to a sexual harassment lawsuit that was filed. After she left the Dollar Tree job, she and her son essentially became homeless. Factor and AJ stayed with friends and lived for a time at the Homeless Service Center on Coral Street in Santa Cruz. The harassment case finally settled out of court in May of 2013, and this is around the same time that she and AJ moved into the Tannery Arts Center, partially because it was low-income housing. With all of this being uncovered, it is very clear that AJ is the result of a very rough childhood involving constantly moving around and not having a good home life. It was then that during a news conference on Tuesday, the day after Gonzalez was arrested, the Santa Cruz District Attorney, Jeff Rosal, said that his office was considering charging the teen as an adult due to the sheer violence of this crime. This consideration was heavily debated upon due to the past and his rough childhood. Initially, Gonzalez pled not guilty to first-degree murder, with the special circumstances of sexual assault, kidnapping, and lying in wait following his arrest and has remained in custody without bail since. The trial was initially set for 2017, but was stuck in a limbo as to whether he should be charged as an adult or a child. But obviously that didn't happen, and it wasn't until 2017 that a judge determined that the now 17-year-old Gonzalez, when he is tried, will do so as an adult. According to the Santa Cruz Centennial, the decision was made Tuesday after a nine-week transfer hearing to move Gonzalez from the county's juvenile justice system to its adult jail. Santa Cruz County Superior Court Judge John Salazar stated that Gonzalez, who even admitted to the tape on crime, did not suit the juvenile system and belonged in adult jail. Despite his age at the time of Maddie's tragic death, he has shown a level of criminal sophistication beyond his years and a frightening indifference to the suffering he has caused. Following the ruling, Gonzalez was transferred to Santa Cruz County Jail where he will await trial with the adult inmates. His trial hearing was now an adult case and was scheduled for November, but the trial date was not yet to be determined. Five years later, in April of 2021, this year, AJ, who was originally facing 126 years to life in prison for the murder of eight-year-old Maddie Middleton, is now going back to the juvenile court system where he could go free in four years. In the Santa Cruz courtroom, now 21-year-old Adrian Gonzalez admitted to all charges in connection to the kidnapping, rape, and murder of Maddie more than five years ago. Gonzalez entered his guilty plea the same day his case was transferred back down to the juvenile court after a state Supreme Court decision earlier this year upheld a state law preventing anyone under 16 from being tried as an adult. Gonzalez was 15 when he murdered his younger neighbor just three months shy of turning 16. AJ Gonzalez, who is now 21, could be released from the juvenile justice system when he turns 25. The prosecution and defense are at odds as to whether Middleton's killer can be reformed in just four years. This is where I personally have a problem with the legal system. We're seeing it with the Tristan Bailey case and we're seeing it with this case now as well. I don't think that age has anything to do with charging someone for a murder based on how horrific the crime is. Who are we to say that because he is already lacking so much developmental function and common sense that he won't be released at 25 and start killing again? When it comes to sociopaths and dangerous people who are under the age of 16, the law is really giving them the benefit of the doubt, when in reality, the younger they are at committing crimes, the more evil they will grow up to be, even if you give them a second chance. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Crime Couch. Make sure to follow our Instagram at the Crime Couch Podcast and check out our TikTok that I just created where we upload 60-second crimes. And if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys so much and I'll see you again next week Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one on a, on a large one)